Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Autism Grown-Up Podcast. Today I'm going to be sharing my interview with Amanda Zorzi from Neurodiversity in the Workplace and Austin Martin, who is a graduate slash former member of their training program. The Autism Grown-Up Podcast is just one of the many resources that Autism Grown-Up offers. We are an online nonprofit organization focused on talking about growing up and navigating adulthood and providing the resources, strategies, and ideas, as well as support to help you along the way. Whether you're an autistic self-advocate at any age, a family member, professional, or someone who's an ally who wants to learn more, this is the place for you. Through this podcast, we share conversations and interviews, as well as strategies from our resource center about people and organizations that are doing work in this exact area. There's not a lot of resources and information when it comes to those teen years and adulthood, as well as even just shifting our focus towards thinking about the lifespan itself. So this is the place where we are hoping to fill in those gaps. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Regan, so you will be hearing my voice around these parts. I am a sibling, I have two brothers on the spectrum, Tyler and Tanner, and I've been in the autism field for well over a decade at this point, from doing direct care support, social work, uh, special education and research in schools and in the community. So I've learned a lot along the way and have had so many conversations with folks just like the ones you're going to be listening to and I wanted to share these conversations with you as well. So get ready, grab a cup of coffee or tea or your preferred beverage and let's sit down together with today's guest. So today I'm going to be chatting with two guests, a little bit different from our usual setup and they're both representing two different perspectives of a program called Neurodiversity in the Workplace Initiative. Neurodiversity in the Workplace is based out of Philadelphia, and they work with businesses and potential candidates on the autism spectrum nationally to promote neurodiversity in the workplace. We have Amanda Zorzi, who is an employment and training specialist, and Austin Martin, who is a graduate and member of one of their training programs out in Indiana. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the mission of neurodiversity in the workplace, their model of training employers and future employees, and how they have adjusted the hiring process with employers to better display work skills and talents of candidates on the autism spectrum. Now, let's jump into my interview with Amanda and Austin. Okay, we are recording. Hey everyone, welcome to the Autism Grown Up Podcast. Joining us today are two people today, two guests. We have Amanda Zorzi, who is from Neurodiversity in the Workplace, and then Austin Martin, who is um, affiliated with this organization, and he is also the Senior Financial Processor at Lincoln Financial Group. Welcome both of you. So excited to have you here. Thanks. Nice to be here too. Yeah, so uh, I guess we could start with Amanda. Could you tell us a, bit, a little bit about you and your work in the autism community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually started out, you know, by trade as a board-certified music therapist, and was doing, um, you know, one-to-one small group work within the autism community, and and you know, always striving to be an ally and really enjoying being an ally of the autism community and connecting in that way, um, but. I was pulled to do some more larger scale work 
the more I worked within the community and really wanted to see some more systematic change. And that's kind of how I ended up as a part of the neurodiversity in the workplace team where we do neurodiverse hiring and yeah, so remind me of your role exactly there. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm an employment and training specialist. Um, yeah, and I, I help, you know, program plan and, and run autism hiring programs. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. And then Austin, I would love to learn more about you and the work that you're doing right now. Um, well, uh, I graduated from Ivy Technique College with a degree in business administration, along with certificates and other related subjects in May 2019. Um, in November of 2019, I was hired at an insurance company as a senior financial processor where I applied checks to outstanding loans for participants and processed rollovers. Mm -hmm. Love to travel, like to read all sorts of things. I also like to volunteer and may get back to doing that one day. Um, for a few years, I was certified to do taxes for seniors and low income clients through our local volunteer center. Fantastic. So are you from the Philadelphia area then? Um, no, I am from the Fort Wayne area and in Indiana. Oh, Indiana. Oh, yeah, I didn't put that together. Fort Wayne, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Austin, how did you find neurodiversity in the workplace? I found out about this program through um, a couple of them employees at Lincoln um, who worked there. And one of them is a relative oh. plus, a, plus a family friend who I've known for a while. And they reached out to me on this program telling me about it. And they gave the HR recruiter my name. And, um, and that's how I found out about the, um, this program. And and how I was invited to it. Okay, so how long have you been a part of it and what have you done? Of the program? Yeah. I have only been, um, I was only part of the pilot program that was first done here in, in the Fort Wayne area um, mm -hmm. just for that um, two-week period. Um, and, but I haven't been a part of anything else um, since then. Okay, good to know. And uh, what would you say are some topics that are important to you? Some topics that are important uh, that are of interest to me are, you know, education, yeah, history, um, social issues like discrimination and civil rights, um, poverty, economic development, and personal finance. Okay, those are a comprehensive wealth of topics. That's so amazing. What about you, Amanda, and your role? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I am really um, passionate about the process that my team has created and implemented. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about the details yeah, let's of that. Because that. yeah. that's what Austin was a part of as well. And, and yeah. he was, did such an amazing job, you know, it was such a success in our program. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, um, the, the traditional hiring process, or so 85% of Autistic adults are either unemployed or underemployed, um, and uh, our team sees that as, as a huge problem, you know, for everybody. We're excluding yeah. really important perspectives. Um, so what we do is we are kind of our tagline is to identify, prepare, and support. Um, and so what we do is we identify companies 
who are interested in having a neuroinclusive workforce and want to be a part of the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope that's all companies someday, but yes. uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah. And then we also have candidates contact us often um, mm-hmm. looking to get involved with our, our adapted hiring programs as well. Um, so we identify kind of the companies, the roles at the companies that they want to identify for their hiring program um, and then appropriate candidates. Uh, We also prepare candidates for the workplace. So we take Mm -hmm. highly requested topics like workplace nuances, um, you know, expectations professionally, like shaking hands, like things that don't really logically always make sense, but are for some reason expected. They don't teach you in school. (laughs) So we try kind of try to like open the door to to talking a little bit more about those subjects. And then uh, we also prepare managers. Uh, We talk to them about the neurodiversity movement, about uh, language and disability, kind of just being an ally um, and, you know, accommodation stuff like that. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And then we are the support aspect. um, It comes in through ongoing support after hiring. Yeah, so I think a really key piece of it all here is, um, so the traditional interview really heavily relies on specific social nuances that so many times really aren't related to role requirements, Mm -hmm. um, unless maybe it's like sales or something really specifically social like that. Um, So that like, for really not a great reason, leaves people out. Um, And so we implement a role-related technical project that in most of our programs replaces the interview. Um, And that's what we did at Lincoln Financial Group. So for example, if a job requires say like Java programming, for example, um, we'll make sure that the technical project that our candidates do um, has to do with Java programming or requires some Java programming as well. Um, So we kind of align it that way when we design the project. Um, and it just becomes a really a much more direct way for candidates to showcase their skills to hiring managers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we see we get a lot of feedback too that hiring managers get a lot more data, and candidates um, are able to just more thoroughly and successfully show what they can do at a job. So that's kind of our main piece there. That's amazing. Um, I just love that piece there where it is changing the role requirement or it's like a role requirement job interview. Is that what you call it? Yeah. So it's, we, we refer to it as skill-based hiring. Skill-based hiring. Um, love it. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Austin. So did you participate, participate in that type of hiring practice? Um, for the purchase of the program, I did participate. Okay. Um, and that process, um, it was different from, it was a, it was very different from the traditional um, interview process that Amanda mentioned because I've been through quite a few. Um, yeah. And it didn't turn out, uh, even though it didn't have the, um, the outcome that I expected, um, I still gleaned some good information from those um, interviews, but this, mm-hmm. But going through this, it was a totally different experience um, because it really focused more on on the particular skills that the company was looking for. Um, and that was uh, something that I haven't experienced in a traditional interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what did your 
interview or your skill-based interview looked like? The skill-based interview that I went through, it was more, um, but it was more um, demonstrated like throughout um, while we were doing the program. Um, it was like, okay, well, um, each day we, we would talk about a different topic that was related to the corporate work course and um and then when it got to you know the near end of the of the program we um then were talk um were then given a presentation to um to showcase you know everything we learned from the from the from the two week period okay. um and um and after and then after that cuz we were presenting in front of you know hiring managers, uh, people from HR and, uh, and other individuals from upper level management, um, just displaying, you know, our knowledge and our skills. Um, that was, uh, that was um, way different and yeah. than what I expected. Okay. So did you end up feeling like more confident about the interview and like getting hired? Um, in comparison did, to other ones, I'm oh, sorry. Um, say, say the last part again. In comparison to the other interviews, I know you said you had gleaned some learning from those two, but this was different. Um, so, um, so I did, um, I did well with, um, um, with those, um, and I did well with that interview because I, as I said, it was different. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did, um, feel, I did, uh, feel, I won't say more confident. I felt like the same level of confidence I would in a traditional interview. Uh -huh. Um, and, and I had, and I had great, and I had a good support system in place to help out. So that also, that also worked yeah. and helped me out a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so key too, I think, to have that support with you along the way so you don't feel alone during it. Yeah, yeah so I'm curious too, uh, since then and since you've been an employee for now probably a good while with Lincoln Financial Group, what are some things that you've learned along the way that you think would be important for other people who are seeking a job and want to learn more about um, the hiring practices and things like that, that would be so helpful for them. Um, well, I will, I have learned the value of patience and persistence and working towards my degree and starting my career. Um, I started volunteering at the library at the end of high school and started college after I graduated. I ended up taking more classes than, than I could manage and I had to lower my course load. And then I could only take classes that fit into my part-time schedule um, because I was hired um, at um, the library in June of 2013. Um, I enjoyed my job there and liked meeting new people and working with coworkers, but I also wanted to get more work experience. So I volunteered to get that work experience. Um, but at the same time, I felt that there were opportunities that I missed out on, like extracurricular activities in high school and college. Yeah. Um, and I, I was very frustrated um, because it felt like I would never be able to get ahead and achieve my goals personally or professionally. 
Um, luckily, everything came together for me over time, and I tell anyone out there not to give up on their goals and dreams, and whatever they are, you may be on, be led on a path that you didn't envision or expect. Mm-hmm. I so appreciate you saying that because I think that's so key to hear. We have so many listeners who are kind of in that place where they are, they have such big goals and dreams for themselves or for their, or their students or their clients do, but they feel so stuck or they just feel so impatient, like they can't get there fast enough. So they feel, yeah, for sure, Austin, and I appreciate that advice. Um, and then Amanda, what are some things that you've learned along the way in your role um, especially just spending so much time with businesses and members of neurodiversity in the workplace, like some things that you've learned that have been so important that you think it would be important for others to know. Well, I guess one thing that I've really learned is that you're never done learning. And I think that we're always progressing so much and learning so much. Um, and I I have learned that it's so important to be open to updating our practices, updating the language we're using, um, always listening very closely to the autism community and the ever-changing needs of the community. Um, I think that, you know, when we connect with managers, um, we're all really tempted to find, like, the right way to do it. Um, And it just always varies and morphs, and everyone is so different. Um, You know, it's a very, it's, you know, we're dealing with humans and, um, Uh you know, work is, you know, involves people and it's, you know, as much as we want to like, you know, stamp on an answer, I think to things. And if, you know, I find comfort in that as well. Um, I think just, yeah, right. (laughs) It'd be so nice, (laughs) you know, um, you know, like everyone's inclusive now all done. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think just like being open to that growth, um, and to like, you know, last year this worked and, this year, you know, it's, it's more important to, to do it a different way, or for these people, it's more important to do it a different way. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think just kind of like that adaptability and, um, you know, listening closely are really important. Oh, for sure. Especially since you all work on a pretty much like individualized basis, like trying to find a good job match and training the support network around them in the workplace. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful, I'm sure for management and others at a company to see someone like us like because I've been in that training role too where you like you want to be right and have the right path in mind and that we're providing the training to promote neurodiversity and inclusion in the workplace Mm -hmm. but it's also good to show that we can be wrong sometimes and then how to problem solve and adapt in the moment or something like that yeah for sure and I think like just all the restrictions around COVID-19 really force us all to be extremely adaptable um yeah yeah so we're actually doing a lot more virtual programs so the the format of the program that austin was involved in at lincoln financial group um was in fort wayne indiana we're based in philly but we we kind of travel um to our company partners to run the the events um, that austin was saying that he was a part of so like our typical structure is like an in-person you know kind of two-week full-time uh scenario where we're doing the workplace readiness and the technical project and the presentation Austin was mentioning. Yeah, um, yeah but we're, we're transitioning all of that to virtual, which okay. we've done a little bit of, but you know, it's a lot of adapting that way as well. So, you know, always learning. Yeah. 
<laughs> so have you all been able to do, I'm just curious, this is a side question, I've been able to do any like job matches as of late or place people in positions? Yeah, so like the main way that we do that is we we first kind of like create the the partnership with companies and create like the event and the roles that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we pull from our candidate pool for that. So we kind of have like more, it's not, we're not like, it's, we're, all, we're not like matching people like one by one. We're kind of like saying, okay, we have these like four roles and then we find maybe 10 to 12 people that we'll invite to the event to kind of go through the program and show their skills. Um, and then at the end, there's the possibility of being offered one of those full-time roles, oh, okay. if that makes sense. So yeah, we're in the planning phases for, for some of that um, virtually. Yeah. Okay. So good to know. Um, yeah. yeah the, and to think, yeah, that helps with like even more clarification on like what that process looks like for the event itself, the process of the, the two weeks of training and involvement with that, those roles. Uh, so what are some uh, resources or tools that you've turned to or would recommend others to use, even like, especially right now with having to switch things a lot to uh, virtual trainings and remote work as kind of a part of the day-to-day -day that will be in a job responsibility? Some of the, or one of the resources that we always recommend at that has been coming a lot more popular um, and even more so now with COVID is um, to have a career portfolio. So we're, we're often kind of, uh, that's something that we recommend a lot. Yeah. Um, and that can be anything from like a website, a, a GitHub portfolio, if you've heard of that. We work with a lot of people yeah. in tech. So okay. um, that's really common. Um, but yeah, even just like if, you know, artists, traditionally, I think are what most people think of when they think of a portfolio, mm -hmm. but it, it kind of simulates the same, a similar thing to our technical project where you're, instead of just writing down what you did on your resume, you're also showing your work um, really directly vis and visually through a portfolio. So especially when we can't meet in person and get a feel for each other's work, the portfolio seems to be really helpful for people um, to just show their skills more directly to hiring. Oh, great. Great. Yeah, that's also something I suggest for teachers and transition focused high school teachers to be thinking about, too, is like to create a transition portfolio. So yeah, yeah, it's there. There you go. Yeah. And I would say one other resource that we yeah. could point to is we have um, a blog on our website and we've been putting out a lot of um, fun like tips and things like that for both employees, employers, kind of about that transition to working from home and, and all different kind of career related stuff. Yeah, I love that as a resource. I've been pointing it, pointing people towards it. So I, yeah, I so love Thanks. the things that have come out of it, even just the past month or so. Um, and then those are reflected too on the Instagram too. So come up on my feed. <laughs> Oh, cool. Such <laughs> great visuals with it. So cohesive and clear. Thank you. Yeah, my colleague Bridget McElroy does a great job of making all those visuals really lovely. Yeah. And yeah, they are. They're so great. They make me, yeah, just think about how would, how can we convey information visually like that too? Yeah. 
And then Austin, what about for you uh, off the top of your head um, or thinking along the way to, since you shared some great experiences you had at the library from volunteering and getting a job there, uh, any resources or tools you've turned to and re would recommend others to use? Well, I would recommend the library mostly because um, the services they provide are free without charge. You can get books, magazines, and DVDs according to your interests. Um, you may be able to get free internet access at some of the branches and the staff there. They're friendly, welcoming, and they're always helpful. Mm -hmm. Plus, they work with local um, with the local community to administer programs like income taxes for low-income students and providing free lunches in the summer to the, to the school. Wow. Yeah, local libraries are such a great untapped resource. I love it. Right. That's a good one to put in there. And I've been loving my local library lately for audiobooks, too. And I'm looking forward to those opening up again in the future because I'm sure there are so many people miss them too, like me. Um, and then Austin, uh, as we start wrapping up our questions for today, uh, what are you excited about and looking forward to in the coming months? Uh, well, when this pandemic is over, I'm looking forward to traveling to visit family members. Um, I'm also looking forward to seeing which direction my career goes from goes to from here mm -hmm. and the prospect of living independently on my own for the first time. As a processor, my role can go virtually anywhere depending on what my interest is in. Oh, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, that's ex such an exciting path you had, have up ahead of you. And then uh, for you, Amanda, what are you excited and looking forward to in the coming months? Uh, I'm excited to getting back into the office and getting yeah. everybody back to work. Hopefully that won't be too far away, but I think on a larger scale, um, my my team and I were really excited to see neurodiversity uh, talent acquisition just become a key part of hiring practices. Um, we, we kind of hope that companies start to just include the things that they take from our programs and they're just normal everyday hiring. Um, and pay attention to skills, you know. Yeah. So we're we're really excited to be working with so many awesome companies that have that as a goal. Um, so yeah, I think just seeing the movement grow with hiring is is really exciting. Definitely. And then, how can people listening to this episode get in touch with neurodiversity in the workplace? That's a great question. Yeah. So you can find us um, at our website, which is uh, neurodiversityintheworkplace.org kind of a mouthful. Um, there's also nitw.org that works as well. Um, you can also find us on our social media. So all of our handles are essentially at neurodiversity in the workplace, or if you Google it, you should probably, you know, see those things come up or search it. Um, and there you can find out about upcoming opportunities. Um, if there are any uh, autistic candidates that want to be considered for our hiring programs, we would love if you went to our website, uploaded your resume there, um, and then we'd go ahead and get you into our candidate database. So that's where we pull from for these programs. So if anyone listening is interested in that, definitely check out our website. 
Yes, definitely. And then for you, Austin, I can cut this out too. Um, is there, do you have any like things online that you like social media or anything like that, that you would want us to point people to? I would um, point, um, I would point people towards a uh, networking sites such as LinkedIn. So um, you can, um, you can meet people um, who possibly work at, at a company that you may be interested in. You can connect with, um, with other people um, who work in, in a variety of positions and, and even people you may know who, who you, whom you have either worked with or been friends with, if they are on, if they have a profile through that website, they can be a good, you know, resource and for you and yeah. get you started possibly on um, on finding your next on finding your next position, whatever that may be. Yeah. So, can people follow you and contact you on LinkedIn? Yes, I have a profile on LinkedIn, and you can. Uh, um, you can ask if you could be a part of my network. You can see, you know, what I've been up to or what I've posted on there, which isn't much, but it's still a good uh, way to, you know, meet people within at a job or in a company that you're interested in. Yeah, I love LinkedIn. Yeah, so you may get a couple people who may try to get in your network then because they mm-hmm. want to follow along with what you're doing in case you post anything. Um, but thank you both of you for being on the podcast today and spending your time with me. It was so great having you. Thank you so much, Tara. This was fun. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Amanda and Austin for joining us for today's episode. You can check out everything that we talked about in our show notes on the Autism Grown Up website which is also linked in the description of this episode of wherever you are listening today. And this leads me to a quick ask. So if you found value in this episode and know that others would really also benefit from listening to this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. This really truly helps others in the autism community be able to find us easier online. You can also take a screenshot of you listening to the podcast on your phone or whatever device and tag us at Autism Grown Up. That's pretty much our tag everywhere. And that also helps get the word out about the show in a big way. So thank you ahead of time for doing that. And thank you so much again for listening to another episode of the AGU podcast. I'm looking forward to our episode next week, and I'll chat with y'all soon. This episode was brought to you by our supporters. We are a nonprofit, and we would love you to become a supporter yourself of future episodes like this one. Like I mentioned, this is just one of the many resources we offer in our resource center, and we're working towards a fundraising goal on expanding our resource center, and we need your help. Go to autismgrownup.com support dash AGU to learn more and help us keep the show and our resource center running.